Inspiration. Turn up the motivation. You're on the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Zig Ziggler wants you to be your best. Welcome to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. This is your host, Blake Lindsay. Today we are listening to a part of a recording that Zig called Thriving in Every Economy. I know that we are going to enjoy this, so let's turn it up and listen to Zig Ziglar together. Now, folks, let me, uh, let me start by simply saying how thrilled we are to be here. We have a home over at Holly Lake, and uh, we just absolutely love East Texas. Uh, My wife runs a temperature when she gets close to pine trees, and we got them over there, so we're very excited always to be there. Now, how many of you have been counting those squares? Can I see your hands, please? I mean, come on, hold up your hand. All right. Most people, when it first goes uh, overhead, they can tell and start counting those squares. Virtually everybody says, well, obviously there, let's see, that's 16 right there. And then most people would say, well, the whole thing is a square, so that makes it 17. Oh, and look, there's one right in the middle, and that makes it 18 squares. But, but you know, if you will just uh, take a casual glance, you'll realize that right there is another one that makes it 19. Here's another one that's 20. Here's another one that's 21. And here's another one that's 22. But actually, if you'll just keep on looking, uh, you will realize, ladies and gentlemen, that right here is a square, and that makes it 23. That means here's another one that that makes it 24. Here's another one that makes it 25. Here's another one, and that makes it 26. But my goodness, just look here. If you come across three and down three and across three and up three, that's 27. That means here's another one that's 28. Here's another one that's 29. And there is another. And folks, there are 30 squares there. Now, I'm not trying to trick you, but uh, I do tell folks I'm like a cross-eyed discus thrower. I mean, I don't set any records, but man, I keep the crowd alert. And, uh, and, you know, I think that's important. Here's my question. How many squares did I add after I put the figure up there? Anybody? Anybody? Fourteen. All right. Let me ask the question again. How many squares did I add? Not any did I. All I did was I said, now, here's one, here's one, here's one, here's one, here's one, here's one, here's one. All I did was show you where they were. You're going to get a lot out of this seminar, I'll absolutely guarantee you. But of even greater significance, the seminar is going to get a great deal more out of you. You'd be amazed at what's inside of you, and we're going to take a close look at you. First thing I want to do... I want to uh, tell you about something I read a few years ago. I read where every third person was either remarkably handsome and amazingly bright or unusually beautiful and absolutely brilliant. Now, what I want to get you to do right now is turn directly to the person on your left. Go ahead and do it. Look them over real good on your left now. Now turn directly to the person on your right and look them over real good. Now I'm certain you'll agree with me that obviously it ain't either one of them. (laughs) So it's got to be you. From this moment on, I want you to think of yourself as that third person. You're that individual that is so rare and so unique and so different. And when you think about that just for a moment, consider this. If you're somebody, 
to anybody. You're somebody. And think about it like this. If man can take moldy bread and make penicillin out of it, just think what a loving God can make out of you. In this seminar today, you're going to be listening to an awful lot of adult language, and uh, you might as well get accustomed to it because all three speakers use exclusively adult language like commitment and responsibility and integrity and dependability and character and loyalty. And they'll use an absurd, a, a huge range of four-letter words like good and best and real and fair and hope and love. Words that will make an absolute difference in people's lives, and that's what we're going to be talking about. Actually, this is a message centered around our major objective is to build hope. Alfred Adler, the great psychiatrist, said that hope is the foundational quality of all change. Hope is the activator that's necessary in all of our lives, and encouragement is the fuel upon which that hope runs. Consider this, the youngster with no hope of passing won't bother to study. I mean, why bother? No hope for me. The couple with no hope in saving their marriage won't go to counseling or take any effort because, I mean, why waste my time? There's no hope. The salesperson with no hope of making a sale won't make the call. I mean, why bother? But once hope enters the picture, activity follows. Now, to keep it going, you need that daily encouragement because the traffic jams of life will obliterate the hope that was generated yesterday unless we reinforce that with encouragement. You see, you're what you are and where you are because of what's going into your mind. Now, you can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. So we're going to be concentrating on that a whole lot. You were born to win, but in order to be the winner, you got to plan to win, you got to prepare to win, and then and only then can you legitimately expect to win. And we go right back to hope. Dr. John Maxwell says, if there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. Dr. Tony Campola puts it this way, your past is important because it brought you to where you are. But as important as your past is, it is not nearly as important as the way you see your future. The way you see your future determines your thinking today. Your thinking today determines your performance today. Your performance today is going to determine your future. So we will be saturated with hope and encouragement and commitment and responsibility, things that really do make a difference in a person's life. You were born to win, but in order to be the winner, you were born to be, you got to plan to win, you got to prepare to win, and then and only then can you legitimately expect to win. But I heard an Olympic gold medal winner a number of years ago say, the will to win is nothing without the will to prepare to win. So that's what today's all about, preparing to win. Now, I want to ask five questions. And the first one is just really just a little market research. How many of you have ever either heard me before or else this is going to be your first time? Uh, could I see uh, your hands, please? Well, it's still early, but you are awake, and that's always encouraging to, uh, to know that. Now, the next question is kind of tricky, so stay with me. How many of you honestly and sincerely believe 
There's something you can specifically do in the next three weeks that would make your personal life, your family life, and your business life worse. Can I see your hands, please? All right. (laughs) Next question then. How many of you honestly and sincerely believe there's something you can specifically do in the next three weeks that would make your personal life, your family life, and your business life better? Can I see your hands, all right? Third question then, or fourth question. How many of you believe that the choice that you can do uh, to make your life either better or worse, that that choice is yours? Can I see your hands, all right? And finally, how many of you believe that every choice has an end result? Can I see your hands, all right? Now, if you clearly understand what you just agreed to, whether you realize it or not, what you just agreed to is that, you know, I can thrive in any economy. Because, you see, the reality is we're not victims. We can either let our past teach us or beat us. And the choice is ours. We go through life making thousands and thousands of choices. Now, I want to make clear as I get kind of warmed up. I'm just kind of getting warmed up now. I'll get cranked off in a minute. But I do validate things psychologically, theologically, and physiologically before I verbalize them, record them, or write them. We are physical. We are mental. We are spiritual. And if we're going to get all that life has to offer, we've got to get all of us involved. Now, I have a rare privilege. My networking has been seeking people who can teach me. I have the privilege of being able to pick up the phone and call some of the great psychologists and psychiatrists in this country and ask them questions. Some of the great physicians in this country and ask them questions. And some of the great theologians in this country and ask them questions. And I validate them because if you touch all the bases, your chances of being right and successful in each area of life, including a balanced life, is going to go up dramatically. Now, when I uh, get kind of cranked up and talk about thriving in any economy, I was born in L.A. That's lower Alabama. I was raised in Yazoo City in Mississippi. Now, I know a lot of folks go around the country trying to impress people by claiming to be from Yazoo City, but I really am. Uh, My dad died uh, when I was five. There were eight of us still at home, six of us too young to work, heart of the Depression. My mother finished the fifth grade. But she was an incredibly wise individual. As a child, and I don't know what prompted me to observe this, but I observed that In those 30s, when things were so tough, there were some people who wore nice clothes and drove nice cars and lived in nice houses and took nice trips. And why, some of them even played golf at the country club. In every decade of my life, I've noticed something. And as you know, the media has accurately predicted 28 of the last two recessions. I've noticed that regardless of how good the economy was, some people were still not doing good at all. I've noticed when the economy was bad, there were a lot of people who were absolutely getting rich. Now, why is that? It's because those who prosper in any economy understand it's not what goes on out there. I don't want to be negative, folks. I'll be like a little boy that came home from school one day and told his dad, he said, Dad, I'm afraid I flunked that arithmetic test. His dad said, Son, that's negative. Be positive. He said, Dad, I'm positive I flunked that arithmetic test. 
I don't want to be like that, but I'm here to tell you folks, there's not a whole lot you can personally do about the national economy. Fact. But oh, there's a whole lot you can do about your personal economy. So I'll be dealing with you thriving in any economy because you see here is one of the best uh, pictures of life that I have personally ever seen. This is life itself. I have never yet seen anybody in my, I just as I tell folks, I just celebrated the 50th anniversary of my 25th birthday. And in my years of life, and this, every once in a while somebody says, uh, when are you going to retire? I heard you had retired. I said, man, you weren't listening. I said I was refired. I said, I'm not going to ease up, let up, shut up, and give up until I'm taken up. Matter of fact, I'm just getting warmed up. Now, in the 75 years of life, I've never seen anybody start here and go straight to there. I have seen a lot of people start here and go up and then come down and go up and come down and go up and come way down. So how do you thrive when it's way down there? Well, the economy might be there, but you have a choice. You can either join it or decide you don't want to participate. Now, I'm being half way facetious, and yet I want to emphasize the point that so much is left up to us. But we need to understand something. You might or might not recognize the name Bonnie Jean Sinclair. Bonnie Jean was a one-legged skier, is a one-legged skier. She was competing in the Special Olympics, and uh, there were two of them left in competition for the gold medal. The one who preceded her fell, and Bonnie Jean said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fall, so I'm going to win this sucker. But she did fall. She came in second. And one of her friends came to her and said, Bonnie Jean, the other skier was just faster than uh, you. And she said, oh, no. No, she wasn't. She just got up faster. The question is, how do we get up faster? How, when this happens to us, how do we get up faster? And so that's one of the questions that I certainly expect to answer. And my associates will be answering questions in their own way. And incidentally, they only use adult language. Very important. Well, one way you get up quickly is you enroll in Automobile University. For two years, I was a visiting scholar at the University of Southern California. And here's what they discovered. If you live in a metropolitan area and drive 12,000 miles a year, in three years' time in your automobile, you can acquire the equivalent of two years of college education. And I'll get back to that as we go along. But I sold Automobile University concept to Stephen Joe Payne about 14 years ago. He's a Native American from Bartlesville, Oklahoma. He'd gotten his GED uh, and went back to high school then to get the diploma when he was 21 years old. Ten years after he bought the idea he, the, of Automobile University, he was fluent in seven languages. And he translated for his company in Spanish and French and he said he learned over 90% of, of, it, of it in Automobile University. Georgetown Medical School did a study. Here's what they found in 100% of the cases, no exception. When your vocabulary goes up, your IQ also goes up. Don't ever say again that you're not smart enough to understand that because that is a choice that we make. 
when that vocabulary goes up and there's some marvelous tapes on vocabulary that you can learn right there in Automobile University. And when you encounter that traffic jam, instead of saying, daggone it all, when are they going to solve this problem? You can say, oh boy, I bet it's going to take me 30 extra minutes to get through this one. And in 30 minutes, I can learn at least a half dozen new words. I can learn one new closing technique. I can learn one new management or leadership skill. Man, what an opportunity this represents. Automobile University, and I'll be talking about that because I think it is so incredibly important. Let me ask you this. Are you prepared to win to accomplish all you want to in 2013? You not only have to have the will to win, but you also have to have the will to prepare to win. So what can you do this week to prepare you to accomplish your goals this year? Until next week, this is Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.